It all began with a trade that sent shockwaves through the baseball world. In 1920, the Boston Red Sox made a decision that would forever alter the course of their history. They sold a young and immensely talented player named Babe Ruth to their bitter rivals, the New York Yankees. Little did they know that this seemingly ordinary transaction would ignite a curse like no other. Chilling thrills, unexplained mysteries, and creepy stories that actually occurred. Welcome to Freakier Than Fiction. I'm your host Chad, and each episode, as you know, together, we will dive into the world of the unknown. So, if that kind of thing interests you, and you haven't done it already, hit that follow or subscribe button, and that way, you won't miss the next freaky episode. As this podcast is intended for mature audiences, discretion is advised. In this episode, we're taking a look at a trade in baseball that haunted a team for 86 long years. This is the story of the curse of the Bambino. It was December the 26th, 1919, and the Boston Red Sox made a fateful decision that would haunt them for decades to come. They made the controversial and deeply regrettable choice to sell Babe Ruth, an iconic figure in American sports and affectionately would become known as the Bambino to their rivals, the New York Yankees. Little did they know, that this transaction would cast a dark shadow over the Boston Ball Club. In the years that followed, the Red Sox would endure a prolonged period of despair and disappointment, as their championship dreams seemed to slip further and further away. The selling of Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees in 1920 had long been recognised as a turning point in the decline of the Boston Red Sox. However, it wasn't until the publication of a book called The Curse of the Bambino in 1990 that the term Curse of the Bambino gained widespread use. The book became a pivotal part of Red Sox lore and even found its way into high school English classes in the New England area. While the drought in championship titles for the Boston Red Sox had begun in 1918, Babe Ruth's sale was finalised on January the 3rd, 1920. According to the Curse's folklore, Red Sox owner Harry Fraze used the proceeds from the sale to finance a Broadway musical often believed to be No-No Nanette. However, the truth is more nuanced. Harry Fraze had been involved in financing various productions before and after Ruth's sale, and No-No Nanette didn't debut until five years later, after Fraze had already sold 
the Bambino. It's worth noting that the origins of No No Nanette can be traced back to a non-musical stage play called My Lady Friends, which was indeed financed as a result of the Roof deal. Further research has revealed that Fraze had close connections with the Yankees owners, and that several player deals, including the mortgage deal for Fenway Park, were intertwined with financing Fraze's theatrical endeavours. The taunting chants of 1918 by Yankee fans towards the Red Sox gained notoriety in September of 1990. These demeaning chants echoed throughout Yankee Stadium whenever the Red Sox visited, serving as a constant reminder of their championship drought. The story of the curse of the Bambino goes beyond mere lore or debunking. It intertwines baseball, theatre and financial dealings, creating a complex narrative that has captivated fans and become an indelible part of the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry. We'll now take a look at how the curse of the Bambino didn't only just affect the Boston Red Sox negatively, but also impacted the New York Yankees in a remarkable positive way. Babe Ruth's departure from Boston in 1920, while devastating for the Red Sox, set into motion a series of events that would transform both teams and the very fabric of Major League Baseball. Babe Ruth, affectionately known as the Bambino, was more than just a legendary baseball player. He was a prodigy, an icon, and a game changer. When Ruth was sold to the Yankees, it was a transaction that would shape the destiny of both franchises in profound ways. For the Boston Red Sox, Ruth's departure marked the beginning of a championship drought that would last 86 long years. It was a period of heartbreak, frustration, and what appeared to be an inexplicable run of bad luck. The curse of the Bambino seemed to cast a shadow over Fenway Park, as the Red Sox endured numerous near misses and agonizing defeats, something that we'll go into later on. Meanwhile, in the Bronx, the New York Yankees were on the cusp of a transformation that would turn them into the most successful and iconic team in baseball history. Ruth's arrival in New York brought with it a level of excitement and star power that the Yankees had never seen before. The house that Ruth built became the epicenter of the baseball world. Ruth's incredible hitting prowess, charisma, and larger-than-life personality not only drew fans to the ballpark, but also created an unprecedented financial windfall for the New York Yankees. The surge in attendance, merchandise sales, and media attention translated into significant profits. The Yankees, once overshadowed, quickly rose to dominance. The curse of the Bambino, an ironic twist, had the effect of propelling the New York Yankees to heights of success that were previously unimaginable. Ruth's influence extended beyond the field. He became a sought-after figure in the world of endorsements and advertising. 
His endorsement deals, some of which were revolutionary for their time, further enriched the New York Yankees and elevated their status as a baseball and business powerhouse. The rivalry between the Red Sox and the Yankees, ignited by Ruth's trade, became the stuff of legends. The intense competition between the two teams drew fans from across the country, generating immense interest and revenue for both organisations. As they faced off year after year, the Red Sox sought to break the curse, while the Yankees sought to maintain their dominance. In the years that followed, the curse of the Bambino would cast a long shadow over the Red Sox, and their quest to end the drought would become an epic tale. For the Yankees, however, it was a golden era, marked by championship after championship. In a twist of fate, Babe Ruth's departure from Boston became the catalyst for the New York Yankees' ascent to baseball greatness. While the curse of the Bambino would torment the Red Sox, it also set the stage for the rise of the Yankees as one of the most iconic and financially successful sport franchises in history. Now let us dive into the heartbreak and despair that the Boston Red Sox endured over the years, all as part of the haunting curse of the Bambino. This was a time of trials and tribulations, near misses and agonizing defeats that seemed to define the Red Sox quest to break the curse. In 1946, the Red Sox found themselves in the World Series facing the St. Louis Cardinals. In a pivotal Game 7, a fateful moment played out in the bottom of the 8th inning. Enos Slaughter of the Cardinals dashed home, defying Johnny Pesky's relay throw. The Red Sox fell short once again, and the curse seemingly haunting them with each passing moment. In 1967, a glimmer of hope emerged, as the Red Sox clinched the American League pennant. They faced the Cardinals once more in the World Series, taking it to a decisive Game 7. Despite their best efforts, the Red Sox were denied victory yet again, as Bob Gibson's dominance on the mound shattered their dreams. The curse struck the hardest in 1978. Holding a commanding lead over the Yankees, the Red Sox suffered a collapse of epic proportions. The Boston Massacre unfolded as the Yankees swept a crucial four-game series, erasing the Red Sox's once comfortable advantage. Bucky Dent's unforgettable home run sealed their fate, leaving a scar that seemed impossible to heal. And. Who can forget the heartbreak of the 1986 World Series? The Red Sox were just one out away from claiming their first championship in 68 years. But in a cruel twist of fate, a wild pitch and a ground ball through Bill Buckner's legs opened the door for the New York Mets to stage an incredible comeback. The Red Sox dreams were shattered. and the curse persisted. The curse of the Bambino continued to haunt the Red Sox in their later years, 
with heart-wrenching postseason losses that seemed to reinforce its grip. In the late 1980s and early 1990s, the Red Sox found themselves in the American League Championship Series, only to face the dominant Oakland Athletics. The Oakland Athletics swept the Red Sox in four-game series both in 1988 and in 1990, leaving Boston Red Sox fans devastated. The heartbreak continued in the 1995 American League Division Series, when the Red Sox faced the Cleveland Indians. The Red Sox were swept in three games, extending their postseason losing streak to a major league record of 13 games. The curse presence loomed large, casting doubt on the Red Sox's ability to break free from its grasp. In 1999, the Red Sox faced their perennial rivals, the New York Yankees, in the American League Championship Series. Despite a valiant effort, the Red Sox fell to the Yankees four games to one, further amplifying the agony for Boston fans. The most heart-wrenching moment of all came in 2003. The Red Sox and the Yankees again were battling and they were in an epic Game 7 of the American League Championship Series. Boston held a promising 5-2 lead in the 8th inning, but manager Grady Little made a crucial decision to keep starting pitcher Pedro Martinez on the mound instead of turning to the bullpen. The tired Martinez struggled, and the New York Yankees capitalized scoring three runs to tie the game. In the bottom of the 11th inning, Aaron Boone of the Yankees launched a solo home run against Tim Wakefield, who had come in to relieve for Boston, sealing the victory and the pennant for the New York Yankees. These agonizing losses further deepened the belief in the curse of the Bambino. The Red Sox and their fans were left grappling with the sense of perpetual misfortune and wondering if they would ever break free from the clutches of the curse. Throughout the years, Red Sox fans embarked on a quest to rid themselves of the infamous curse of the Bambino, resorting to unconventional methods and rituals in their pursuit for redemption. These acts were fueled by deep-seated belief that breaking the curse required extraordinary measures. In a display of unwavering faith, fans placed a Boston cap atop the majestic Mount Everest, a symbolic gesture to assert their loyalty and connection to their beloved team. At the base camp, a Yankees cap was set ablaze, an act meant to symbolize the casting away of the curse's influence. These acts of symbolic exorcism sought to restore the balance and bring good fortune back to the Red Sox. In 1976, the Red Sox turned to an unexpected source for assistance. Laurie Cabo, the official witch of Massachusetts with her mystical powers. Laurie aimed to break the curse and end the team's losing streak. While the streak eventually came to an end, the curse of the Bambino remained unyielding, 
as if mocking the efforts to banish its grip. As the years went on, more and more audacious ideas emerged. In Ken Burns' renowned documentary Baseball, former Red Sox pitcher Bill Lee proposed an audacious plan. Exhuming the body of Babe Ruth, bringing it back to Fenway Park, and publicly apologising for the ill-fated trade that sent Ruth to the Yankees. It was a radical and controversial idea, one that showcased the depths of desperation to reverse the curse's effects. However, it was an incident during a game on August the 31st in 2004 that would stir the hopes of Red Sox fans. A foul ball struck by Manny Ramirez found its way into Section 9, Box 95, Row AA, striking a young boy's face and knocking out two of his teeth. This seemingly unfortunate event was seen by some as a sign. A twist of fate indicating that the curse was unravelling. Coincidentally, on that same day, the New York Yankees suffered their worst defeat in team history. A crushing 22-0 loss against the Cleveland Indians. The convergence of these events ignited a glimmer of hope in the hearts of Red Sox faithful, as if the tides were shifting in their favour. Even moments of lightheartedness played a part in the curse-breaking narrative. A comedy curse-breaking ceremony was performed by musician Jimmy Buffett and his warm-up team during a lively concert at Fenway Park in September of 2004. Dressed as Babe Ruth and a witch doctor, they aimed to bring levity and positive energy to the stadium, hoping to break the curse through the power of laughter and camaraderie. Then, amidst the whirlwind of anticipation, a new arrival provided a beacon of hope. Kurt Schilling, the renowned pitcher, joined the Red Sox and boldly proclaimed his intention to break the 86-year-old curse. In a playful advertisement for the Ford F-150 pickup truck, Schilling hitchhiked with a sign indicating his destination, Boston, the city burdened with the weight of the curse. His arrival injected renewed optimism and a sense of determination into the hearts of fans who yearned for the curse's end. In the fall of 2004, the stage was set for an epic clash, again between the Boston Red Sox and their arch-nemesis, the New York Yankees, in the American League Championship Series. The Red Sox found themselves facing a seemingly insurmountable challenge, as they were down three games to none, with their dreams of a championship hanging by a thread. But as the saying goes, it ain't over till it's over, the Red Sox were about to embark on a historic comeback that would defy all odds. In the bottom of the ninth inning of Game 4, trailing by a single run, the Red Sox summoned their fighting spirit. A walk by Kevin Miller and a daring stolen base by pinch runner Dave Roberts set the stage for an 
unforgettable moment. With Yankee closer Mariano Rivera on the mound, third baseman Bill Mueller stepped up to the plate and delivered a clutch RBI single, tying the game and sending shockwaves through Fenway Park. The atmosphere was electric, and the Red Sox faithful dared to believe that the impossible might just become reality. The game stretched into extra innings, and it was in the 12th inning that destiny beckoned. The larger-than-life figure of David Ortiz, known affectionately as Big Puppy, stepped up to the plate. With a powerful swing, he launched a two-run home run that echoed through the night sky, sealing a momentous victory for the Red Sox. The unthinkable had happened. The Red Sox had won, defying the odds, and securing a pivotal Game 4 that would change the course of history. Buoyed by their newfound momentum, the Red Sox carried their fighting spirit into the next three games, relentlessly pursuing their dream of a championship. The Red Sox would come back to win the series against the New York Yankees, and this would carry them to a showdown with the St. Louis Cardinals in the World Series, a team that had previously bested them in 1946 and in 1967. Determined to avenge those bitter defeats, the Red Sox left no doubt on the field. They dominated the series, sweeping the Cardinals in a four-game triumph. As the final out was recorded, with Cardinals shortstop Edgar Renterina grounding out to pitcher Kevin Falk, the Fenway faithful erupted in a cathartic release of joy and relief. The decades-long curse had been shattered, and the Red Sox had emerged as champions. It was a moment that etched itself into the hearts of fans worldwide, a testament to the power of perseverance and the unbreakable spirit of a team. As we come to an end of this extraordinary story, we find ourselves swept up in a wave of heartfelt emotion and triumph. The curse of the Bambino, which had haunted the Red Sox for over eight decades, had finally been vanquished. The team, once burdened by the weight of a seemingly insurmountable curse, had risen above adversity and had etched their names into the annuals of baseball history. But it wasn't just the victory on the field that warmed the hearts of Red Sox fans and brought tears of joy to their eyes. It was the indomitable spirit of a city united, the unwavering support of generations of loyal fans, and the unbreakable bond forged between a team and its community. The 2004 Red Sox had become more than just a baseball team. They were a symbol of resilience, perseverance, and the power of belief. Their triumph served as a beacon of hope, reminding us all that no obstacle is insurmountable, no curse unbreakable when faced with unwavering determination and unwavering support. In the aftermath of their victory, the city of Boston erupted in a celebration that seemed to shake the very foundations of Fenway Park. The streets overflowed with jubilant fans their voices joining together in a chorus of triumph and unity. Strangers embraced, tears of joy 
mingling with shouts of exhilaration. It was a moment that transcended the boundaries of sport and resonated with the human spirit. For the players, coaches and staff of the Red Sox, it was a cultivation of years of sacrifice, dedication and unwavering belief in the face of adversity. They had etched their names in the history books forever remembered as a team that broke the curse, a team that defied the odds, and a team that brought joy to an entire city. But perhaps the most heartwarming aspect of this story lies in the enduring legacy left by the 2004 Boston Red Sox. Their victory inspired a new generation of fans, instilling in them a belief that dreams can come true and that perseverance can overcome even the darkest of obstacles. The spirit of unity and resilience that defined the unforgettable season continued to reverberate throughout the years, strengthening the bond between the Boston Red Sox and their faithful fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Freakier Than Fiction podcast. If you got something out of today's episode and you haven't done this already, then hit that follow or subscribe button. And that way, you won't miss the next freaky installment. And I'd love your feedback, as it really lets me know what you think about this episode and others that you've already heard. So, please take the time to leave a 5-star review and let me know what you'd like to hear in upcoming new episodes. I'd love to hear your story ideas for the podcast. I'd love to get my fans stories listen to so if you have any ideas of what you'd like to hear on the podcast then you can get in touch with me via the link tree account in the description of this episode below it has all the links to my social media accounts including facebook reddit instagram youtube tiktok and patreon i do make sure to read all my direct messages and answer them personally so if I see you on Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, or anywhere else, just know that I really appreciate all your support. And remember, take care out there, and be aware, for the night is alive with a darkness that hungers for your soul. The mysteries of the unknown are like a siren's call, tempting you to explore the depths of the macabre. But be warned, dear listeners, for those who delve too deep may find themselves lost forever in a world of madness and terror. So, as you step into those shadows, keep your eyes peeled and your mind open. For in this world of the inexplicable, there are no guarantees. Except for one, that when you tune in to the next episode of Freakier Than Fiction, you'll be diving headfirst into the unknown. See you in the next episode.